You are listening to the Revive the World Ministries podcast. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.org or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. This is our last service of the year on Sunday together. So, you know, Christmas, then we go right into to New Year's Day, which is going to be January 1, which is going to be the day that we do baptisms, water baptisms. I think that we have 12 so far signed up. Is that is that right? We have 12 people signed up so far. Um, so we'll be teaching again. So the last two Wednesdays we've taught on, on baptism of the Holy Spirit. Who knows that's important? We're big advocates of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't know how people live without it. Um, but the next two Wednesdays in a row, we will continue, we'll have service on, on those nights, and we'll be teaching on baptism in water. So I encourage you to come out. If you got baptized a long time ago, maybe you didn't, maybe you weren't aware, you were so young, you didn't know what you were doing, maybe you were a new believer and you weren't entirely sure, uh, we hope to give you some fresh revelation on, on the power of baptism in water. Like it's, it's one of the most powerful things that we can do in obedience to the Lord. Um, <clears throat> so there's a lot of stuff that they can happen during baptism. We'll talk more about that this Wednesday. And then the following Wednesday, Sarah and I will both be teaching um, each one of those Wednesdays. So uh, this is one of the things I do towards the end of the year. When I start, when it gets into December, like it's, it's always a little chaotic, you know, right? Just the holidays, family. Um, some of y'all know what that feels like. <laughs> I, see, I saw glances at one another. Um, so during this this time, which is for me, it's a very celebratory time because I look back over the course of this year and I think about I think about all the things that the Lord did. I look back over all the testimonies uh, that I have written down. It's why I, it's one of the reasons I write down testimonies. I write down. Everything that I see the Lord do, everything that I hear Him say that I think is of significance for me through other people, which we call prophetic words, and uh, all the things that He says to me, I journal all that stuff. I write down dreams, visions, all, all those things. I log those because, well, for one, it's really important. It's significant. It shows that I value what the Lord is doing and what He's saying. And because otherwise, I'll forget, or I'll just remember my version Right, everybody remembers their version of the way things happen. Um, so I don't want to remember just my version. I want to remember what actually happened, um, because the testimony is super powerful. It's one of the most powerful weapons that we have. And so as I was looking back over the course of this year, I was I I always find things earlier on in the year that I feel like happened years ago. Right, we. We met, cause, so this is one of the things I wanna, I'll continue to emphasize over and over because we have new people uh, that are part of the family now is that, you know, when we are Revive the World Ministries for a reason, you know, I didn't name it. The Lord gave us that name years ago before we had a ministry, and uh, it says it all in the name, right? <clears throat> it's the whole thing. So we've, we, you know, the nations have opened up to us over the last two years, and we go as a family, um, we'll talk more about that in the in the coming weeks of, of January and, and what that looks like and intercessory prayer and all the things that are important to that. But we're going like when when I go, we all go. Right? You guys are sending, and those that 
uh, sinned are as important as the ones that are sent. We just have different roles, different responsibilities. And so you're impacting the nations by praying and giving into, sowing into it. And this year we impacted the nations, Pakistan specifically in a radical way, but also because we impacted that specific place, we impacted 80 nations uh, outside of Pakistan as well because of the reach that we have through satellite uh, with Grace Network and, and Pastor Donish and Anita. Uh, it, I mean, come on. And most of those nations are in the 1040 window, which means they're the most unreached people group that there is in the world. I mean, we shared the gospel this year with people that had never heard the name of Jesus. We sat in the room with some of the most high-ranking Muslim, Sikh, Hindu uh, leaders in, in Pakistan and social activists in Pakistan. We are one of like two or three Americans over the course of the history of since Pakistan's been in existence have been able to do that since 1947. Like that's a, that's a, we got to share about the God of love and that he transcends every culture, every religion, right? And got to do some Jehovah sneaky stuff in the sense of praying over them, releasing, you know, the love of the father, the kingdom is coming. When you're there, the kingdoms is there, right? Because the kingdom is encased within the realm of Holy Spirit. And so, you know, it's, so we, we got to do that this year. That was a huge deal to bridge the gap. In, in something that's it's, it's been a huge challenge for, for those particular people, our brothers and sisters over there. We empowered thousands of leaders this year. I remember standing in front of groups of thousands of leaders and watching them get baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. Like literally shaking under the power of God, screaming, yelling, just hungry. Like thousands of leaders in the persecuted church Somebody's screaming, yelling, all that. Just, it was similar to that. <laughs> somebody's pumped up. I'm just going to pretend somebody's pumped up in the kids' room. So, <clears throat> pumped up about something, huh? <laughs> so, we mean thousands of leaders. We watched tens of thousands of people give their life to Jesus this year. Tens of thousands of people. We, we're all a part of this. I'm just trying to make that super clear so that it sinks in and that you grab a hold of it and celebrate it the same way that we do that we're there, right? Because that's, that's what you are a part of. It's a, it's a part of your fruit too, right? We're all in this beautiful thing called kingdom, kingdom family, and ultimately it's a, it's a kingdom business. It's way different. Than the, if you hear the word business, you think worldly business, it's different, right? It's a, it's a kingdom family business. And so we watch thousands of people give their life. Thousands of people get delivered, get healed physically. Miracles happen. Some of the most radical miracles uh, I've ever seen happened this year. I remember standing, uh, we were in Mirpurkhas in, uh, in, in Pakistan. And it's a place that you're not even, like we're not even allowed as Americans to go there without telling the government that we'll be there. Americans don't go there. They kill you. They kill you and nobody will ever know. <laughs> There's lots of places like that in the world. So, so Matt and I, I remember we're staying at the altar, we're ministering. And there's, I mean, there's 2,000 people there, 2,200 people that are there, and the altar is just crammed full. So you're just praying one person after the next. And I'm, I watched this dude, Jesus, heal this guy who a moment earlier couldn't walk. And he takes off up the steps and across. I couldn't even keep up with him. He was moving so fast. 
completely crippled. And I catch Matt out of the corner of my eye praying for this lady who's demon-possessed one moment, and the next moment she's completely free, gave her life to Jesus, baptized in the Holy Spirit. We have no idea how she got in the leaders' conference. We, 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 it doesn't even matter. I'm just glad she was there. <laughs> I'm like, we don't, like, I don't know how she got there. But she got, her life was altered after that moment right there. You know, I think about moments like that. I meditate on those things. I remember laying my hands on, on this little boy named Joshua. You've heard me tell the testimony. But these, <clears throat> you know, when you tell a story in the natural to your friends, and you, you know, you've, you, know you, you actually remember. Have you ever forgotten you've told stories to your friends and retold them again? Right, like I've done that so many times. And um, I like telling stories. So when you tell a story of something that happened in the natural that really has no spiritual significance, it's just something that's funny that you remember or a good memory, like that's, that's great. But you tell that story to them one time, and then if you remember that you told it, you probably don't tell it again because they heard it before. Testimonies of the goodness of God aren't the same. You can't classify them the same. It's, it's, way, it's way, way different. And I'll get to why that's different in a moment. So hearing the same testimonies again, there's, a, there's an emphasis. God is emphasizing things to us. And the temptation is the same temptation we have when we read the Word of God. I've read that before. Been over that scripture before. Heard that a hundred times before. All right? And there's the temptation to check out in a moment when I'm hearing, when I'm reading again, because then I'll just graze over, read that before, got revelation out of it. And, and most of the time, I don't believe it's intentional, but it's that thing that says, since I learned it, I don't need to learn any more about it. Well, testimonies are similar in the sense that they are, they are a part of the, of the word. Because he's the word. And it's the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy, right? And it prophesies into our situation and into our lives. And it points us towards him. That's what prophecy does. It points us to the source, right? If it doesn't point us to the source, then it didn't come from, it didn't come from him. And so testimonies, they point, they point us towards him and he's, he's, he's like, let me get your attention. Get something else out of this. There's an opportunity when a testimony is shared. Because we know, and, and we've, we've talked about, uh, that uh, the word testimony means to literally do again. Right? And so, that little boy Joshua, I'll tell his testimony until I go home to be with Jesus. Like, he mentally handicapped. Can't speak hardly at all. Just a word here and there. And in a moment after we lay hands on him and really don't have a clue, you know, you, don't, you just don't know. There's no prayer model for a specific, you know, back pain. Yeah, I know what to do. Like somebody's, somebody's arms messed up, deaf ear, like some of these things, some, you know, somebody's blind. Yeah, like those are things that you, you run into over there a little more often. But this little boy is different situation I'd never seen before. And bam, in a moment, one moment, he can't hardly speak. And the next moment, he's speaking fluently in English. His bra- all points lead to his brain's healed. I don't need, I don't need a doctor to tell me. I don't, I don't need a doctor to tell me what happened. It's beautiful. The doctor will see that. But I don't, I don't need somebody to, to confirm the miracle that took place in a moment. 
right? It's, uh, so I, I look back over the course of this year and I look at things like that. Like, my gosh, we've impacted the nations. You know what I mean? It's, uh, you know, they say never judge a book by its cover. <laughs> I think that that's, that's real important in the sense of, of you, you never look at a place and, and, and gauge the impact that, that just a few people can make, right? Your life is making a, a difference, in dark in some of the darkest places in the world remember those are the places they kill christians all right donish and them just went to the prison one of the biggest prisons or jails in in karachi uh and passed out they tried to pass out bibles they wouldn't let them um they passed out food and were able to encourage them and pray for them but a handful of those particular people that are in that jail are in there because they've shared the gospel they're in there because they've preached the gospel they're in there because they're christians the Hebrews 13, you know, don't forget those that are in prison as if you were there with them. And so, there, I mean, this is, this is where we're getting to impact. Isn't that beautiful? Come on. That's, <clears throat> so I look back over the course of the year and, and I look at the highlight reel because we've all got low moments that happen in every year. And we've all got disappointments that we deal with and things that we wish would have went different and things that we could have handled different and things that we wish wouldn't have happened at all and all the things that happened in the course of a 12-month period. But I'm a firm believer in that how you end a day is how you begin the next one. And I believe the same thing for, for how you end a year is how you'll begin the next one. Right? And so I end it in celebration. And this, this is why, because I opened with this, but I'm going to emphasize this a little bit and then talk to you out of 2 Timothy chapter 1. <clears throat> and we're going to do an exercise here, an activation here in a moment. But, you know, we often, at least me, I look back over, I, I love revival history, and you see moves of God all over the world that have happened and, and some that have obviously shaped our nation uh, in the way that the church is now and and throughout the nations of the world, you can find revivals, if you look hard enough, that have happened almost everywhere, you know, or in a lot of places. And we want that sovereign move of God to come back, right? We're looking sometimes, um, people, you know, church hop, just to look for what God's, what God's doing and hope that He will move sovereignly in a place so they can be where He's pouring out. And I've, I've went to particular places where I felt like God had poured out. I've been to Toronto and, and went up there and got prayer, you know, and, <clears throat> and was able to, you know, felt like we received an impartation. We've been out to Bethel. We've, you know, have been to different places, go to Global Awakening events. And all those times we pick up, we, we pick up things spiritually that, that, that empower us and, and that take us further faster than we could ever go by ourselves. But in the midst of all that, I've, I've been thinking this week about what if, what if I focused on personal revival? What if, I focused, what if I drew a circle around myself and revived everything that's in that? Because you don't need anybody else to be on board for that. You don't need your spouse or your significant other or your kids or your friends or anybody else in your household you can draw a circle around yourself and say, okay, I'm going I'm to revive everything in this circle. I'm going to be in personal, I'm going to be in personal revival because I think that we're living in a time where, where we're not waiting on God to do another sovereign move. 
right? I'm not saying he won't do that again. I can't even pretend to understand his ways. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad when I know what he's doing in my life. But I, I personally believe that we're in a time where he is uh, with eager anticipation waiting for us to personally be in revival ourselves, and then we come together and collectively see what takes place, right? Because you get a bunch of people or even just a few people in one room that are pers personally in revival <laughs> and see what happens, right? <laughs> it's a, <laughs> it, gets, it gets real good real fast. So this is what I want to do. Uh, I'm going to get into 2 Timothy 1 in a moment. I want to set the stage for that, um, but I want to... I want to do something first. So I want to take just a couple minutes. And I even believe that as I was talking, that the Holy Spirit has, has hopefully brought to your attention some of the things that have happened over the course of this year that are testimonies of His goodness, encounters that you've had. Right, because... This is what we want to do. We want to take all the things that belong in the mystery box that you can't figure out. We want to take all the disappointments and get rid of those. Because usually at the end of the year, that's why people make New Year's resolutions. Because they're disappointed with the way things went last at, at this past year. And I'll make a New Year's resolution. But you haven't found, if you haven't found this out, they usually don't last very long. Gym memberships go to an all-time high for the first two, maybe three months of the year. Usually not. 60 days. Well, I spent a lot of time. I have a personal gym at home now. Thank the Lord. But uh, Tony's gym, Costa's gym, actually. And um, I've been, uh, <laughs> it, but I, when I spent, you know, I had a gym membership and a couple different gyms around here, and, and every year it would happen. You could, you could guarantee January 1, it's just flooded. As soon as New Year's Day is over, like they're in there, right? Gung-ho. But what I've found out is that those decisions are made in your, in your soul. They're made out of your feelings. They, they, decisions that are made out of, out of our feelings like that customarily don't last very long. Unless you're somebody who's incredibly disciplined. <clears throat> which can happen. It's a, it's a, discipline's a beautiful thing. But it's the, and then that wear, wears off <laughs> after a few months and you're like this. Is not that fun to get up at 5 a.m. anymore. <laughs> and so uh, uh, what I want to do is look, because there's a temptation to look at all those things that didn't happen and all the things that we hoped for and all that stuff, and the reality sets in sometimes of, oh, man, like I wish, I wish, right? <laughs> and uh, what I want to do is, is remove that and, and, and allow the testimony of his goodness to take that place. And so for just a couple minutes, let's just think about the most impactful moment that you had with Jesus and or the most significant testimony of his goodness that you witnessed this year. That's what we're going to do. Okay, I just want to think about that just for a, a few moments. Yeah, so Holy Spirit, thanks for bringing us a reminder of those moments, those encounters, those testimonies in this moment right here. Yeah, thank you.
Jesus. you to raise your hand if you're able to able to do that. Were you able to do that? Was that testimony of his goodness encounter that you had? Just raise your hand up if you do you do you see how do you see how that feels when you do that? You feel the encouragement and the empowerment that comes from that? Some of us need to train our brains to do that. Right? Because now at an all time high is distraction. Distraction is an all-time high. It's sucking the life out of people everywhere. Time suck. That's one, the number one, one of the number one things the enemy is after is he's after your time. I heard a guy talk not long ago. Well, I didn't, he listened to the message, but he is, he, the whole thing, but he's talking about guard your, guard your time. Most valuable asset I have. What am I doing? Is my phone getting it? This is, this is what happens to me. I'll, I'll be super vulnerable with you. This is what happens to me in, in moments of disappointment or days of disappointment or times when I, I don't feel good, times that I'm really tired, times that I'm, I'm running on low energy for whatever, whatever reason it is, whether it's health reasons or spiritual reasons or times when I feel kind of burnt out or, or whatever it is. Over the years, I've noticed a common theme and that common theme is, is that I will allow myself to be distracted like that super fast, right? And, and, and so social media and different things like that, which is something I, I don't customarily do. I'm just not interested in, I'm not, it's not that I'm not interested in what y'all are doing or anybody else is doing. I'm just not interested in getting caught up in the cycle of scrolling, <laughs> right? It's just this vicious cycle that just, so, you know, and I, I know there's good things on there. I know there's lots. I've heard uh, TikTok teaches you lots of good things. I'm sure it can teach you lots of bad things too. But it, <clears throat> anything can be used for, that's used for bad can be used for good, right? Pretty much. And so I've found myself in those moments having to really focus on um, of not getting distracted and doing things that actually are, are of no eternal value. Right now, this is what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that there's not time for that downtime I have, right? And I can just kind of veg out and not pay attention. Like that's that's good, right? Just put your mind on autopilot, do whatever it is that you do. I don't I don't know what that is. <clears throat> but what happens is is that is that we get caught up. I had no intention of talking about this. I'm going to hit it for just a moment. But um, I. What happens is we get caught up in this vicious cycle of, of, of this thing, this electronic thing, owns my life. 
It, ru- it runs everything. If you look around you, it's, it's everywhere, right? You, you go in the restaurant and you look. You look at a family of four or five in a, in a booth. What are they doing? Unless somebody made them, they're looking at their phones. A lot of times. I- I'm talking 95% of the time you find this, this thing right here is, is runs people's lives. We train our kids to do it. It's all that. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just what's happening. Right? It's the reality of the world we live in. It's a beautiful thing. I love technology. But, but who's ruling who? Right? Who's, who's, running, who's running whose life? We wonder why fear is at an all-time high. Right? Because it has more access to my life than it ever has before. Because I have access to more information than I've ever had in my lifetime. Even though we, weren't, we actually weren't created to be able to have world news in the palm of our hand. For those of you that like to know stuff, it's, that's real hard. I know that's a hard pill to swallow. But we actually weren't created, our brains, for, to for be able to hold all the information that comes in into our lives oftentimes. And then wonder why my body responds poorly or wonder why I'm in anxiety or wonder why all the things. Like there's a lot of reasons for anxiety, but... But what I've found recently is that there's, there's a lot of stuff that can give me, even recently, I've felt it, right? They can give, it, it lets fear into my life, all right? So I've just, like, wh- how am I guarding myself against that? What disciplines, what practical disciplines, what time limits am I setting on, on, on those kind of things, right? Like, we, these are the things that you think, well, I'd probably tell my kids that. Well, I think that adults need it. I personally, it, it, in a way that we never have before, right? Because we, we are in this place where, where what often will get the most of my attention gets my worship. And I inadvertently exalt things above Jesus, and they end up getting my attention, which sends me into this place of worry, which then I'm worshiping the wrong thing. And I've been there like a thousand times <laughs> over the course of my Christian life. And it, it's, it's like for some of us, it, it could be easy to allow condemnation to come into a moment like this, but that's not what it's supposed to be about. It's like, because if you still deal with rejection issues, which I dealt with most of my life, then correction feels like rejection. And we can't even take it from the Lord. Right? Because when he, even when he corrects us, he pulls us closer to him. Right? He pulls us closer to him, but... When somebody tells me that I should do something different and there's any, anything that even smells like correction, then I can feel like I'm being rejected all over again. You know what? The one main thing I've found that settles that issue is the thing that we sing about is that knowing, in my words, not the exact lyrics, but that I'm fully accepted and fully loved by the Father. And then I don't try to find fulfillment in other places. Because I realize that, that his, he's everything. He's all that I need. <clears throat> all right, we'll get into 2 Timothy now. <laughs> uh, so, so how, remember, for those of you that were able to do it, if you weren't able to go there in your mind, that's another good reason to write down testimonies, because reading them is another way to trigger my memory. <clears throat> Because people would say, well, I don't have a good imagination or I don't have a good memory. But they said there's a couple different ways you can take this scripture. But, but one of them is, you know, the memory of the righteous is blessed. 
So I'd declare that over yourself. And then take some nootropics if you need to. <laughs> Eat some brain food. <laughs> That's just a good practical thing to do, right? <clears throat> but for those of you that were able to, me- to think back on that moment that happened this year, and you know how it made you feel, right? You know how it empowered you, how it encouraged you. Like it supersedes all the bad stuff that happens in that moment. You completely lose sight of those things. Even if your mind's tempted to go there, you can focus in on that testimony and go back into that moment. Because there's spiritual nutrients to extract from those testimonies. And they, actually, the spiritual nutrients of that testimony will last you a lifetime. I can guarantee you this, that this, is, this has been done through experimentation over 15 years and friends that have been doing it decades, and it's the same thing with the Word of God. You can go back to the Word of God because it's living, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's alive, right? It's not just a history book. But you can go, you can go into this and a scripture that you've got revelation on, you can get it a million more times, right? You can read that thing and get fresh revelation on that scripture. The same thing with the testimony of the goodness of God. You can go back into that testimony for as long as you're alive and you can extract spiritual nutrients from that. It will feed you. Why is that important? Let's look at, let's look at Timothy's life real, real quick. And, and the things that Paul said to Timothy, I believe, are real important. I'm going to start in, in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. But I believe that there's a lot of things that are even in the, in the letters to Timothy that are real important for us right now in this, in this hour. Um, <clears throat> have, have you looked around recently? I told you to meditate on the testimony, and then I, I've told you to think about a, a bummer. But ha- have you looked around recently, like, like what's happening in our world? Right? Okay, we have, we have similarities, and bad things have always been happening. But what I look at it as is that I can look at it, and I can let it bum me out, or I can look at it as an opportunity. Because light shines really bright in dark places. And he said, though deep darkness will, will cover the earth, you're supposed to arise and shine. You look at Isaiah 61, look at Isaiah 60 and 61, and you see that it was prophesied long, long, long time ago. You know, Isaiah's prophesying seven, eight hundred years into the future before the cross. So now we're, you know, you're going on 3,000 years since that prophetic word. It's timeless. It's timeless. It still feeds us. It still gets our attention. It still points us towards Jesus. Uh, and so this is, this is an awesome opportunity that we're living in right now. And um, so Timothy is living in Ephesus at this time. Paul has left him there. He's living in a culture that is full of idolatry, full of false gods, full of demon worship, right, and demon, sacrifice to demons. Like there's, there's all kinds of craziness that is going on in Ephesus. And, um, and in case you didn't know, that is the last place that Timothy would be in his life. <clears throat> so we'll get into that in a moment. But I want to start at verse 3 in 2 Timothy and read down through verse 7. Paul says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did. As without ceasing, I remember you in my pr- prayers night and day greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, 
which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. <clears throat> I, just want to, I just want to keep reading, but I'm not going to. It's, uh, I encourage you to, to go on a little bit further. Therefore, I remind you, I'm going to go back to verse 6. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of, of my hands. <clears throat> For God's not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Why would Paul say that to Timothy? Why would you ever tell somebody that they don't have a spirit of fear? Because they are afraid. Because the opportunity for fear to conquer me in a, in a moment is there, right? We, we live in, we live in, we all, the world's always been like that. Ever since the fall of man, there's always been opportunity to give in to fear. And so Timothy's living in this place where he is pioneering the gospel. He is an apostolic person, apostolic mandate in Ephesus, and eventually gets, him, and eventually gets himself killed right, by a bunch of people from a, that worship a false god. They took him out in the street and, and beat him to death. He was martyred. That was, that was how he was martyred. Right? So he was surrounded with this. He, and, and Paul knew, like he's, Paul's in prison in Rome. He's writing this from a, from a jail cell, which he could be giving into fear also. But he set an example for Timothy. And he tells him, he said, I want you to stir up. I pay, I'm paying real close attention to, to, to this part for a reason. He said, I want you to stir up the gift of God that's in you through the laying on of my hands. He's pointing him away from the external and all the things that he could focus on, and he's pointing him to what, what the Lord, what the Holy Spirit has placed on the inside of him. Think back, right? Remem remember. And the power of, of our, our remembrance is one of the most powerful weapons that we have. You know, there's, there's, there's this narrative that goes on in each one of our minds and the enemy wants to run the narrative my feelings want to run the narrative and then the holy spirit wants to run the narrative and i get an opportunity to see which one runs it on a daily basis and some days you do better than you do others right but it's not about perfection it's about progress god celebrates progress not perfection and he's looking but i'm the one that has the opportunity to do this Right? It's, it's like, it's nobody else's, just like that revival circle that I have around me, it's nobody else's responsibility to revive what's in that thing. Because Jesus already gave me everything that I need. And, he, and then he gives me, in scriptures like this, he says, look, this is what I told Timothy, you can do the same thing. Stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. In some translations, it says, fan into flame. You know, you know why it says that? Because there's two Greek words that they took the definition from, stir up. And the Greek definitions for stir up come from two Greek words. One means a living thing, and the other means fire. <laughs> I don't even think that they did a great job translating that, so I'll give you my translation of it. So one of those words means, it means a living thing, the other means fire. 
That's why some, it says, fan into flame. That's what they gathered from that. But I believe it would be better said, the fire in you is alive and it needs to be fed. The fire in us is alive and it needs to be fed. Spiritual new. What do you do to keep a fire going in the natural? You put things on it that will actually burn for a long period of time. Like you've got fire starters. We got some fire starters, right? Fire, fire pit in the back. We got little fire starters. Those are amazing. Right, you get your kindling, little sticks, break them up, put them in your little, I don't know how you start a fire, but you put them in your little, point them up like little TP shape, right? Put your paper and all that stuff under there. You may put some accelerant on there. <laughs> Depends on where you live out. We can pretty much do anything. We're outside of city limits. So, <laughs> we, you know, we can burn stuff and shoot guns if we want to. We don't, but <laughs> we, we have the liberty and so you, you learn how to buy, build a fire, and you learn things that start a fire, and you learn things that sustain a fire. And our spiritual life is very symbolic of, of that. I learn things that start, like we believe that there's, one, there's a tipping point in every person's life. Every person that you know, every person that you don't know, every person that's in the world right now, Christian or non-Christian, there's a tipping point for every person that sends you over into the place that God wants you to be in. That, that changes your life forever. Right? All of us had that one moment in this room. We've all had a moment that changed our lives with God. And we've got more, we have more moments to come that will actually shift our perspective and transform us even more into His image. But every person that's not currently saved is that we, I make this declaration often, I made it for probably a few years straight is that every person I meet is one encounter away from a tipping point in their lives. One encouragement and one encounter away. So just one interaction with a person that sends them over into this place. Huh? There's a reason that David prayed, return to me the joy of my salvation. You know why I prayed that? Because that moment that the fire started in us, it burned brighter and hotter than it ever has before, right? There's this, this place of joy, exuberance, freedom, all the things that come with our salvation. And in that moment, we forever got changed. But we've all found out that have been Christians longer than a few minutes is that that fire dwindles over time. Some days are better than others. It's a roller coaster ride. All the things that we hear. I don't believe it has to be that way. I just believe that it is. And so we learn in our early, in our Christian walks that we have actually become, like we have people that disciple us, disciple us, spiritual fathers and mothers that help us, but we find that the majority of our time we spend developing our own faith. We spend feeding ourselves. Oh, that, when, when, we're, when their kids are infants and even growing up, the first handful of years of their life, you're responsible to feed them, right? And baby Christians, you can always tell because uh, baby Christians and, and people who don't yet know who they are, it's always all about them, right? There's some that's about us. We learn as we go on, but baby Christians and, and people that, that don't know anything about their identity always turn the attention back. It's always about me. 
right? Because you haven't got free from that, that selfish thing yet. And, and we're, we're, we're working on that. So, but they need help getting fed. And then we wake up one day and realize that it becomes my responsibility to feed myself. And that's what I believe Paul's telling Timothy in this. He's like, you want to you stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you? You want to fan this thing into flame? Remember that there is a living fire on the inside of you that has ignited you, that has got you to this place. And regardless of what it looks like, regardless of what your circumstances are, regardless of how much fear is pressing, into, pressing around you right now and trying to get your attention and trying to cripple you, fan that thing into flame. Because God's not giving you a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He said, God's not bringing, like, he's not the one that the fear is coming from. And remember that you have a superior spirit living on the inside of you, but it's going to take you actually feeding that thing so that you can become triumphant because God's, it's not God's job. Like, it's, it's not his job. He's given me everything that I need, and he's here with me in this, like he's in the middle of it. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. But it comes a point where he's not spoon-feeding me anymore because I'm not an infant, right? He said, let us go on to maturity. <laughs> Paul says it in Hebrews 6. He's talking about all these things that we still get caught up on, laying on of hands and baptisms and different teachings. He said, those actually for adolescence. He said, let us move on to maturity if the Lord will allow He's like, I'm trying to move you on to maturity. And, and Timothy is in this position where his life is really at stake. I have no idea what he feels like, but I can tell you that I've felt that in being in the Middle East. And I've talked to you about that before, and you're like, the fear of death is just surrounding me. It's thick. It's tangible. You can cut it with a knife. I know I could not go home. Like, I don't believe that because the Lord told me years ago, uh, two years ago when I started this journey, he said, you'll never die in another country but your own. That's all right. Let's go. <laughs> because it crushed the fear of death. Right? But it doesn't mean that it's still not there. All of us have believed truths that have set us free from fear in certain ways. But it doesn't mean it doesn't come back and knock on the door. But Paul's given Timothy advice that is not going to just get him out of the house. He's giving him advice that's actually going to change the world around him because Timothy's on assignment and so are we. We're not trying to just make it through this thing. <laughs> and so what am I feeding the fire with? Right? Somebody else's revelation on, on social media is not going to do it. It's got to be mine. Like I can say amen to it and say that's good. But if it doesn't ha happen out of relation interaction, relational interaction with Jesus, it's not going to feed me. Right, and then I end up. It's it's just like, it's just like drinking water and with no no substance, right? No food. Like it just goes right through you. You gain very little nutrients from it. But what I feel like the Lord's doing in this hour is He's pointing our attention back to these these principles, so that we can move on to maturity. Because he, He's loved He's loved every moment of getting to spoon feed us. He has. Like, he loves just to be with us. He loves to be with us in the mess. He loves to be with us when, whenever it is. You know, he's there when we're weeping. He's there when we're laughing. He, he's there when we're, we're, we're really ticked off. And he's, he's just there, right? Because he's not going anywhere. 
He's there through it all. But he wants to see us grow up into the men and women of God that he created us to be. Right? Because it's not just about my development, but it's about changing this thing that's around us. I've talked to pastors that are in this area. I'm just going to put this out there because I was thinking not long ago. I said, how many people you got in your church that got saved since you've been there? That you brought off the street? How many of them are transplants? How, 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 I'm just trying to gauge how are we reaching our region? How are we doing with reaching the lost? One unanimous answer. They all come from somewhere else. They were already saved when they got here. No, I didn't, I didn't talk to all 500 churches. <laughs> but it, it pointed me back to the fact that we still have a lot of amazing work that we get to do. Right? Because the church is a training and equipping center for Christians. Absolutely. It's a house for the hurting. Those that are lost, confused, broken, addicted. Like we're the emergency room. Like we're all, we're, yeah, you know, we're a hospital. Like we're all those things. I know some people said when they, when they came here uh, early on, they've been here for some years now, they said this was a triage center for us. <laughs> and they come in and they just cry and they get healed and, you know, and, and, um, and then begin to operate and function out of more of what the Lord placed in them. That gift of God that Timothy or Paul was pointing Timothy back towards. Because there's, there's stuff that we're all dealing with, right? I feel like that part of the, that word, a word that I've got in worship definitely was for me. Like he's pointing us towards, like you, like yeah, you could absolutely sit down, give up, like get distracted, do all those things that you want right now in this season, whatever feels, whatever you feel like you'll want to do. You could do all that, right? And his love for you will never change. It'll, it'll be the same. He'll love you on through. You'll just not fulfill your purpose. And, and there's, no, there's no shame or condemnation in that. Like, that's a choice. But it's something that I refuse to, it's something I refuse to do. Huh? It's like what, what, in the midst of all of the junk of life, like I've got this fire on the inside of me that I need to feed with something. I need to feed it with something that's going to actually cause it to burn brighter and not cause it to dwindle. Because the things of the world do not feed the fire that's on the inside of us that comes from the Holy Spirit. And I'm still very much a part of all the people that live in this world and are messed up. And I could tell you stories, and some of you would cringe and maybe blush. I, 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 I like being around messy, messed up people because I relate well to them. <laughs> and just to sit with them and hang out. Like, just be, right? No agenda. Just, just be a friend. Uh, but when I'm not in the... And to be able to do that... I, I, I have to have a plan of what do I feed myself with? What am I feeding me with? Am I burning more than when I first started? Am I burning more than I was last year? Am I, am I, am I going to leave this year stronger than I started this year? Right? Because it's Jesus' plan for every one of us to leave, leave the planet like in a holy explosion. <laughs> Spontaneous combustion. I'm, I'm convinced of it. 
Like, you're not supposed to just pass on wisdom as you get older, you know, as a Christian. You're supposed to burn bright out of this thing and just keep on burning and be an example. Not just have wisdom and experience to pass on to people, but be an example of what it is to burn all my life. And I asked myself that question recently. Am I burning for him? I know there's fire there. Like, it's been there. He's the Holy Spirit. He's in me. Like he's inside of you. God is there. But what am I feeding? What am I feeding him? And, and the reason that I felt like we were directed to the testimony is because those encounters that we have with him, those prophetic words that we know are from him, and the testimony of his goodness that we see, they go, they're, they're the logs that go on the fire. And I get an opportunity to feed the fire with something every day. And how much it's burning tells me what I've been feeding it with. It's my indicator. It lets me know if I'm not burning as bright as I know I could, I'm feeding it with something I'm not supposed to. More than I'm feeding it with the things that I'm supposed to. Now hear me. Like this is what I'm not saying. I'm not saying we don't take in all the things that come with life and all the, like, every season comes with new challenges and all those things. Like, but I, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm just not in a place in my life anymore where I'm going to make excuses for why I'm not burning. Yeah. <laughs> There's, I've, not, I've made lots of them over the years, and I just can't find one good enough, right? Because it's, it's not, they're just not, they're just not relevant, <laughs> Talk about being relevant in the culture we live in. The excuses I have aren't relevant for why I'm not burning and why I'm not growing. Like there's no, there's no, I know hard seasons. I know what it's like to want to give up. I know what it's like to be suicidal as a Christian. Like I know, I, I've felt all that stuff. Like I've faced it, I've faced it more than once. I've been through it and none of those, like none of those things can stop me from burning bright for him, regardless of what's pressing in on me, regardless of the fear that I'm facing, regardless of how thick it may feel or how it's trying to immobilize me, regardless of what it is in the season, the situation I'm in, I can still burn bright for him. I watched my brothers and sisters overseas do it in the persecuted church in less than ideal situations would be an understatement. And they're burning for him. And they have got radical joy at the same time. And I found one of the keys to it. And I promise you it works. Is that I go back into these moments that I see the Lord do in my own personal life. And the testimonies like I talked about today. And I've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. When we stop for a moment and think about testimonies, it's hard for me to focus on one because my mind bounces from testimony to testimony to places in the room where I watch people get healed here, here, there, back there, over there. Like it's just like there's so many, so many things that I can think about. And when I go back into those moments and I extract the spiritual nutrients, I can feel what it does to me. I encourage you to do this. As we end this year, take the next... However many days we have left. What is it? The 18th? <laughs> Did you say 14? <laughs> the next days, all, all the way into New Year's Eve, right? And focus on every single day. Block out. This is your practical. 
block out a time to spend with the Lord thinking about the testimonies of his goodness and the things that you've seen him do, the encounters you've had with him. Do it for 15 minutes. You got 15 minutes. You got all the time you want to have. It just depends. I make, I make time for the, the things I, I, that are important to me. Right? And I know what it's like to live in a time crunch and, and all those things. And for those of you that have, that you're outnumbered by your children, I know that there's more challenges that come with that as well. <laughs> right? But, but you can find, you'll find 15 minutes somewhere. Right? You'll, you'll get it somewhere. I mean, getting up 15 minutes, whatever it takes. You work it out with Holy Spirit and your schedule. Like, you'll, you guys will figure it out together. He's real good at that. <laughs> and take that time and think about the testimonies of his goodness. And watch what it does. Watch how it encourages you. Watch how it feeds you. And then think, what if I did this every day of the rest of my life? Because I can tell you one thing. For those of us that know that we've had continuous encounters with the Lord, like even if you've had more than one, you realize at this point that it's legal to ask to encounter him daily. Right? It's legal for you to want another encounter with him on a daily basis. You, you should want to experience him. Like if you're married, you have a significant other, you're not going a day without some kind of interaction, right? You're, you're not spending, definitely not spending days without any interaction. Even when I'm 10 hours ahead in Pakistan, like no matter what the time that is that Lindsay will be up and she'll be free, I'm accommodating that. It doesn't matter how much sleep I have. It doesn't matter what I feel like. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. If I, will have, if I will be in a place that has signal, which most places in the world do now, <laughs> it may not be great, but you've got it. I'm going to make sure that, that, I, that we interact. I'm going to make sure that I encounter her in some way. And so why should it be any different with Jesus? And when I do that, what it does, when I, when I ask for that encounter, sometimes, sometimes, have you ever asked for it and you didn't necessarily get it like you hoped? I believe this is what the Lord is, is doing, is there's an opportunity for us to actually think back on the encounters that we've had previously, and He's actually drawing our attention back to those encounters and saying, you didn't, I know you want another encounter, but you could actually go back to this encounter and, and experience me again because you did not extract all the spiritual nutrients out of that encounter. So you can go back and start to think. Literally, this is all it takes. You, I can't do it right now because I'll, we'll, I'll check out and be, <laughs> I'll be, I'll be gone the rest of the service. Uh, but you can think back. Tr try, me, try, try this out if you haven't done it. Think back about the encounters that you've had. Think back about one specific one. Go back into that encounter in your memory, and see what it does to you. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's way better than anything that the world's got going. Like it's, I, I get rocked every time I go back into an encounter, I realize, oh, Jesus, you had more for me. Because a lot of people just running, some people, probably nobody in this room, people are just running on fumes, spiritual fumes, and wondering why the enemy can beat me up. 
right? It's, it, it's easier. When I am spiritually tired, it will affect me in my soul and in my physical body. When I'm physically tired, even emotionally tired, if I get spiritually charged, it will affect me. It will affect me in my soul, my emotions. It will affect me in my body. That's what we talk about praying in the Holy Spirit. It's real important because it can charge me up. It charges me up when I feel like I don't have any, anything left in the tank. It's that spiritual rejuvenation. It's praying in the whole, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. That's Jude 20. Only one, only one chapter, so it's Jude 120. Small book for those of you that like short reads. <laughs> it is full. It's, it's really good. So this is, this is what I want to close with. I feel like I gave you some, some practical stuff to be able to end our year stronger than we started. If you'll, take my, if you'll take my advice, if you trust me even just a little bit, I'm not giving you something that's a theory. I'm giving you something that works. Like I won't, I won't ever do that to you, I promise. I won't ever tell you, hey, try this. I haven't done it. I'm going to give you something that I live in. Right, because that's the only thing I can really do. It's, it's the only way it can be impartation is if I break off a piece of my life of what I'm living. Otherwise, I'm just going to teach you information, and I uh, pass that point because <laughs> that does it just doesn't do the same for you. It's what can I what can I break off of my life that works that's still feeding me because I still have moments where I don't do it as often as I should. Right? And there's no condemnation. It isn't like I feel guilty and I feel like me, like the Lord's not happy with me. Like I don't think it, like don't go there. Like that's not true. That's not even close to true. <laughs> but but how, how much I burn is going to depend on me. It's going to depend on what I'm going to do. And this is one of those simple practical things that we can do to burn, to burn on a daily basis because the world we owe an encounter with love. Romans 13, owe no one anything except for a debt of love. And when I'm burning, man, it's way easier to give that love away. When I'm burning, it's way easier for somebody when they encounter me, they really encounter him. And that's what's supposed to happen. You ever prayed for somebody and they just encountered you? <laughs> and you were both disappointed? <laughs> I've prayed for lots of people that just encountered me. I'm like, well, it was a good try. <laughs> and that's okay, all right? It's okay, but it doesn't have to be that way. And so if you guys want to stand with me. Those of you that have, have known me for a little while, you know that I'm, I'm just, I get passionate. For those of you that don't know me, I wasn't yelling at you. I wasn't even really, I wasn't really preaching like I do in some places. I just, I feel so close to you because the room's so small, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want you to feel like you're in trouble. <laughs> 
I just get excited, man. Truth ought to excite me. Ought to do something to me. All right? <clears throat> so here's your, here's your practical principle. You're going to do it over the course of the, the rest of the year. Just meditate on the testimony. Meditate on the encounters you have. Watch what happens. I promise you just wake up tomorrow and do it or do it later on tonight. Do it before you go to bed. I encourage uh, two times a day, like medication. Take it in the morning and at night. It's that thing. Listen, listen to this. Like how I end the day is how I start the next one. If I can end it meditating on that, I'll wake up, be focused in a different place, feel different. Do it. Do it for two weeks and see how it feels. Night and day. Not a whole lot of time. You're laying in bed. Think about it for five or ten minutes. You wake up in the morning, your devotional time. Take your, take your ten or fifteen minutes and, and look and, and do that and see what happens. And watch how it fans into flame that thing that's already in there. Because sometimes we're looking for something extra and he's like, hey, just fan, the flame, fan into flame what you got. Like it's powerful. Like there's a lot in there. There's a lot inside you. Like you've got all of all, you've got access to all of heaven living in you. The Spirit of God, right? The one that hovered over the face of the deep when it was chaotic and there was nothing here that was in order. Like he's the one that was not only hovering over that lives in you, but the one that brought order to chaos in the whole entire world. Like he's the one that lives inside you. <laughs> Come on, like look how powerful, how much access you have to the power that created the universe that lives in you. Come on, it's not our strength, it's His. So Father, we thank you for this opportunity to end this year stronger than we started. We thank you for this opportunity to be obedient even in, in the things that you told the children of Israel to keep the testimony, to meditate on those things that we have seen you do so that we can destroy the disappointment and the discouragement over the things that didn't happen, didn't happen the way we wanted to, the things that have bummed us out or even depressed us. We thank you that we have a weapon to not just fight it off, but to destroy it. We thank you that you have given us a weapon in the testimony. We thank you for this opportunity to not just stir up what you've given us, to not only fan into flame what's inside of us, but to actually become contagious in a good way of the fire that you have lit, that we can become the kindling to others. And we thank you for an opportunity regardless of what it looks like out there, that we have an opportunity to burn brighter than we ever have before. So thanks for handing over the utensils to us to feed ourselves. Thanks for giving us the tools. Thanks that you're still there to help. Thank you for the grace. Thank you for everything that we need you have poured out. Help us, Holy Spirit, to access what we have on a daily basis to grow into everything that you dreamed we would be. To grow into everything that you have dreamed we would be. Thanks for helping us grow into maturity. Yeah. So throughout these next few weeks, Holy Spirit, would you trigger the memories?
the good ones that we had with you over the course of this year, the encounters, the things that we watched you do, impossibilities being conquered, healing coming, freedom coming, financial provision coming, whatever it is, we thank you. We've watched you do so much. And we thank you that you're not even close to done yet. (laughs) So would you remind us of how much we have on the inside of us? We thank you that it's going to point us back to you. Take us deeper in relationship, intimate connection with you, Jesus. I bless what you're doing in every family. Every family that's represented here, I bless, we bless what you're doing. I thank you that their lives are making a difference. More so than most of us know. You are making a difference. And so thank you. Thank you, Jesus. For the reminder at this time of year of what you've done what you've done for us, how much you love us. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Jesus. Yeah. I don't want to rush you out of this moment, so whatever the Lord is doing, just let Him keep on doing it. For those of you that need prayer, we've got people that are going to pray for you. Those of you that don't know, we've got candlelight service at 5 o'clock tonight. We promise to get you in and out of here in an hour. Oh, it's going to be a great, great time, celebration. Well, I promise to get you in and out of here in an hour. If Holy Spirit moves, I can't promise you anything. So, <laughs> That's just to let you know if he supersedes anything, we're, I'm blaming him. So he's okay with that. Yeah, thanks, Jesus. Thanks, Lord. Yeah. 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 Just one last reminder. And, uh, And I'll stop, but I I feel like that it's important that some of us know that there's going to be a temptation to to be distracted when we go to meditate on testimonies and encounters. There's going to be there's going to be things that come for your attention. They're already coming for your attention. You're just going to notice it more. 
and and it's and and it's okay. There's nothing there's nothing wrong with you, just because there's you know you feel super distracted, like there's nothing wrong. Practically, if you're being distracted by things that you need to do, write them down while you're in those moments. Just go ahead and write them down. It gets them off your to-do list in your mind. Get them on a practical to-do list. So you know, because the reason you're thinking about it is because you're afraid you're going to forget, or you're reminding yourself, right? However you want to say it. <clears throat> and the other kind of distractions that come, that are all kinds of stuff. It's just remembering that I have one of those. One of the fruit of the spirit is I have self-control, right? And the more that I exercise it over the distractions, the easier it gets. So there's opportunity, like, so I just, I felt like it was important that we know, don't, don't be thrown off if that happens. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong. <laughs> like, that's very normal, all right? But it's going to shift when I exercise the authority I have over my thoughts in those moments and just get used to meditating more on, on these things and watch, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what it does for us, right? Because I'm getting ready to ramp it up and, and, and do more of it personally myself as well. Yeah. So thanks to Jesus for the help with this. We bless you guys. Thanks so much for, for being with us. We love you. We hope that we'll see you tonight at the candlelight service. If you're able to make it, we'll, we'll be super grateful. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.org.